Hello fans, welcome to the No Layers Podcast. This is your host, Najee Simons. And today, you know what we're about to do, talk about some hoops. We got college for you, we got NBA for you, we got college prospects, the tournament, who I think will go to the championship. You know, we're going to talk about the Rockets today. So without further ado, let's begin. Let's get into this college basketball season. Um, Let's start off with Duke. Uh, Duke sucks. Yeah, we're trash. We just got blown out the other night. We got blown out about a week ago by NC State. I would not be surprised if we lose round one. Honestly, I think Coach K is gassed as a coach and as a recruiter. He just does idiotic things. Trey Jones is good, and he's our best player, but I don't understand why he keeps trying to make Vernon Carey the second-best player on the team and the the second-best draft prospect when in reality is Cassius Stanley. I just don't understand it. I went to the game when we played Virginia Tech, and it was clear as day that he wasn't that good. Fat slob. He's not that good defensively. I mean, he can stretch the floor, but he teams are living with this, like letting Joel and beat shoot. I don't really understand, and honestly, I don't have Duke going far this year. We could lose the first round, second round. At best, we're going to Sweet 16, but this is just not it. Unless Trey Jones turned into – I don't know, Magic Johnson or Allen Iverson overnight and just carry us. I, I really don't see it. Um, talking about another team, Kansas. I really feel that Kansas, on the other hand, is very good. I think they're going to win the championship after seeing what they did last week versus Baylor. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain that they're going to win the championship. When I make their bracket, I'm going to have them win it at all. They've had the toughest schedule so far this season. Still first. I mean, you have strong guard play between Garrett and Dotson. That's a key difference maker. And even though they typically run four guards and a forward, they still have Azabuke. I call him Baby Capella coming off the bench, and he can give you a double-double every night. He's good defensively. He's good on the glass. And he just runs, jump, and plays his role on offense. He never tries to really do too much. He only calls for the ball in the post when he has a mismatch. Other than that, he's setting screens and just playing his role and providing great energy. With that being said, they're the champs, I feel. But a team that I feel overrated is the 27-1 San Diego State. I, I really had hopes. I mean, they have a great offense, a really good offense, but... Come on, like 27 and 1. That record's a gas to me. You're 27 and 1 with the 84th strongest strength of schedule in the nation. Come on, man. You ne- It's like winning, you're not playing nobody. It's like having a. It's like playing bums, honestly. Like, who are they playing? They're not playing up to the level of competition. They're not really playing strong comp. I don't have them going far. I, I really think they're going to be the first team upset besides Duke. They're going to get knocked out the second round, around 32. They won't go further than the Sweet 16. I see no world place where they're going to get to the finals or the final four, the national championship. <laughs> the damn sure are not winning. So, honestly, this team is very overrated. If you're making your brackets, have them going out early. You heard it here first. San Diego State is going out early, man. Now let's get into the top five prospects. I've been asked this time and time again when I'm going to address the top five prospects, my top five prospects in the draft. Let's start with number one. I have James Wiseman. He's the best player in the nation for me. 
Many people haven't seen him because due to the suspension and him just choosing to leave school, he he's the best player in the draft. A lot of people have been trying to talk themselves out of picking him first. He's the best player in the draft. Like, I understand that you get to see more film of LaMelo and Anthony Edwards tearing it up. But come on, man. You have a – he's a young David Robinson. Honestly, I feel the best fit for him would be to go to State Warriors. But honestly – I think they're going to trade their pick. I mean, we'll address what they're going to do with the pick later. But he's a young David Robinson. I Honestly, the only thing that sucks about him is when he get drafted, his best fit is the Warriors. But other than that, I don't see anywhere else where he would get drafted and be able to develop. I mean, the Cavs, they have their bigs. They're, they sink Stern or not traded Kevin Love. And they have Drummond. The Hawks just got Capella, and I really thought Wiseman would be good there, but now they got Capella. Why do you need Wiseman and Collins? It doesn't make any sense. The Knicks, they have their bigs, and they really don't need a big. Honestly, what they need is a guard. So I just really hope he doesn't turn into a – it turns into a Mo Bamba situation. Like when Mo Bamba got drafted, he showed flashes and great potential, but he hasn't been able to play. I just hope that – Whatever team picks him doesn't they they just let him develop and let him play, man. Just don't ruin the kid's development. The kid has great potential, and I would hate to see another great player get ruined like Mo Bamba. Um, my second best prospect in the draft, I have Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's I say he's the second best because he's gonna go first, top two. Honestly, I feel a mellow better fits for today's NBA, but Anthony Edwards right now, he's a baby Victor Oladipo. That's why I can see him being. He's a power guard. He's a scorer. He's going to get his shots up. He's going to get his points. He's very he, – despite the fact that he plays dumb right now, I don't really hold that against him because he's young. I think he's 19, maybe a year older than me. At best, he's maybe 18. And he – talking off the court, he seems like a kid that's willing to learn and he knows where he needs to – improve at his vision making reads and defensively bringing the effort but he's a bucket i feel he should go to, i feel he should go to the Cavs, and which is rare to hear i feel he would be best fit alongside garland and kevin porter only thing i'm scared of is that the Cavs will have him playing their three and put porter on the bench when in reality they need to have garland be the one anthony edwards be the two and Kevin Porter be the three. Kevin Porter's been playing great lately, actually, too. Um, they need to bring Sexton off the bench before moving him. Garland can provide that just that young point guard spark. And then you have Edwards that can just come in and focus on being the, the bucket. He will be the most exciting thing the cast has had and a young prospect since Kyrie Irving. I don't think he'll be as good as Kyrie Irving. I don't think he'll be a superstar. I think he'll be a star in this league, a bona fide bucket. Somebody you know can come in, score the ball, put people in the seats. Um, his rookie year probably won't look pretty. It probably will look forced a lot of times. But he won't give all his effort on defense. But I feel if he's playing good, it determines his effort on defense because he has the size and athleticism to truly be able to guard one through four in the NBA at the next level. He's strong. He's built. He's tall. He's athletic. He can do that if he really puts his mind to it. He can't be a modern-day lead guard like a Harden, per se. 
he'll probably just be best playing a true shooting guard position like Booker, DeRozan. They're just and Beal like they're really just shooting guards. They aren't really lead guards. That's not what they're best at. But he can be your he could be your all star of the future, and then you just build from there. After that, next we have Lamelo Ball. To me, he's a six-seven Jason Williams. A lot of people have him as the best prospect in the draft. I'm not going to knock that. I mean, it's the point guard era, and the man, the man is a walking highlight reel. He should be in the garden, man. He, the garden and Lamelo is perfectly made for each other. The Knicks are at the bottom towards the lead in pace, and they're struggling at the point guard position. What we know LaMelo for at Chino Hills, playing fast, up in the tempo, you know, making big plays, highlight plays now. He has the tools to be disruptive on the defensive end, like his brother. But the ability, will he do it? I don't know. I don't think he's going to come in scoring very efficiently. I think he's going to take a lot of bad shots. I think his handle can improve. I think his ISO moves can improve. He has to get stronger and better at finishing around the rim. But I like the man. The kid is fearless, man. The kid is a big-time playmaker, and he's fearless, man. Um, I've been hearing rumors about the Hawks potentially getting him. And if any Hawks fan listen, I really hope you guys do not get him because if you put him and Trey Young in the same backcourt, you may be great offensively. It may be wild offensively. Like him and Trey just may be going crazy. He may just be getting triple doubles and Trey just 30 to 40. Trey may end up leading the league in scoring, playing his playing the Steph Curry role, basically just scoring off the ball and just being a playmaker off the ball. But you're going to be so bad defensively in the backcourt. Like you need a wing defender. You need a wing defender. And Lamelo and Trey is, I mean, at best you're going to be CJ and Dame and, we're see how we see how that's worked out. Honestly, the real best fit for the Hawks is Isaiah Okoro from the from Auburn. He's he could be a very good defender alongside Trey Young, and you can lock up your wing defense for the future. You'll have Isaac. You'll have Cam. Cam is very very good defensively right now. If you haven't been watching his his offense is coming along, but he's very very good defensively. And then you have DeAndre Hunter. We know him for defense in Virginia. That's all they do. They play defense at Virginia. Hunter's a good defender, plays his role offensively. You put those three on the wing besides beside Trey Young, and you could put have Collins or if you want Capella at the five, you put Capella, Capella a lineup of Capella, Hunter, Cam, Akuro, and Trey Young. That's, that's a good lineup. That's really a good lineup. And he really – his offense could just trend up year after year. He could just work on being a cutter, being a a shooter, working on his shot. He doesn't really have to focus on putting his effort into offense. All he really will have to do if he go to the Hawks is focus on his defense and let his offense just come along, be a role player offense, not be drafted with the expectations of coming in and being a bucking on offense, carrying an offensive load. No, that's what Trey and Cam would be there for. And lastly, my fifth best prospect – Speaking of buckets on offense, no, it's not Cole Anthony. No, it's not Denny DaVincio. No, it's not Obi Toppin. To me, it's R.J. Hampton. He, too, played overseas. A lot of mock drafts have him going in the teens, the late lottery. And the later and later he goes, the more and more of a steal he is because he's just a bucket. To me, he's a he's Jamal Murray. He's taller. The um, He could come in. 
get you buckets on all three levels. He can be a lead guard in their offense. He's very good at running the pick and roll. He can be wild sometimes, but if somebody like the Spurs get him, Greg Popovich can help his IQ. He can come in playing, honestly, the Manu role. I guess that's what people thought Lonnie Walker was going to do, come in and be a spark off the bench. But Jamal Murray would come in and play the Manu role, learn from DeRozan, learn how to be an all-star and just lead a star of your team and be able to take a team to the playoffs year after year and get your IQ from Coach Pop. Honestly, and then the Spurs will have a young core well, I wouldn't say core, but the young assets so far, DeJounte Murray, RJ Hampton, and Lonnie Walker. So that's not that's not great. But that's not really bad. That's very that's good to have if you the Spurs and always competing every year. And lastly, I was asked from a fan, why isn't Miles Power in my lottery? Like, come on now. He's he's great in college, but he's a undersized J.R. Smith. And honestly, he's not going to bring you anything defensively. He's a point guard, but he's not going to bring you any passing. He's just going to be a score. Like, you can find that. And you can find that without drafting him. You can find that in free agency. You can find that overseas. Just somebody to come in and score. I don't think Miles Powell, honestly, outside of maybe a late second-round pick or summer league, he's going to be in the league or even last that long in the league. He's going to have a great career overseas. I like what he's doing for Seton Hall, but – Come on, man. There's levels to this. I, It's hard because he's a bucket, and people are amazed by the buckets. But come on, man. Miles Powell is regular to the NBA, and he's undersized, which kills him. And he had to add another aspect to his game. Maybe if he added another aspect to his game with his bucket, 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 great offense, maybe he'll be a first-round pick, potential lottery, but he hasn't. So transitioning on to – the big leagues, Jason Tatum is light the league up, man. He he really looks like Paul George out there to me. Some people say Kobe. Kobe really didn't. He did more of his work from the triple threat. Paul George, on the other hand, he just uses his handle, man. Tatum is just – him and Kyrie really had to work out a lot because Tatum did not have this handle, that dude. And Tatum has just been killing. I mean, since the new year began, he's averaging 26, 7, and 3 – on 49% from the field, 43% from three, and 80% from the line. I don't know what got into Jason Tatum in the new year. It just everything clicked clicked all of a sudden. I mean, he can improve at his finishing around the basket. I feel like that's going to come with being stronger, getting stronger in the league. And he's just, man, the, the, the kid is good. The kid is good. I do I do feel like people slightly gassing him and overrating him like we typically do with every young prospect. Um, he's not the best player on that team. That best player is Kemba Walker. He's not better than Chris Middleton either, but he's very, very good on both ends. At the beginning of the season, I felt like his defense was better than his offense, but his offense is just, golly, gosh, man. Taylor, the kid's good, man. The kid, the kid got a bright future in Boston with him and Brown on the wings, man. They really, they really building something there. I don't see a championship in the next maybe three years, but I feel like they're going to get one one day. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is a star, man. He's an all-star now. Now, will he take that next level to be an elite? I, I, I wouldn't doubt in that season, man. I really wouldn't doubt him being on that Jimmy Butler, Paul George level in that season, man. 
Another big thing in the news lately is the everybody's been talking about the beef between Giannis and Harden, and I like it. I really like it. I don't really think anybody's wrong in the beef because, you know, Harden threw his shots this summer about the MVP and it being narrative. I do feel like the media paints narratives for MVPs because that's why I felt Russell Westbrook won MVP. I think it was because of the narrative because I think Harden deserved it that year basketball-wise. But I don't feel the narrative – it, it doesn't fit with Giannis because his team was top five in offense, top five in defense. They went from being seventh to a 60-win team. Like, come on, man. Harden was just salty. I mean, but I like it because if I was in Harden's case and I averaged what I averaged, I'd probably feel the same. I'd probably say the same thing. I'm not going to knock Harden from it. But for him to say Giannis has no skill and just running dunk, nah, that's that's kind of salty, Harden, because Giannis has skill. He gets to his spots with his handle, his footwork. You have to have skill to be able to handle the rock, push it up the floor, and get to your spot and to step through and euro around a defender and get to your spot to do the layup or do the dunk. Giannis has skill. He's not as skilled as Harden. But come on, man, to say Giannis has no skill and doesn't know how to play basketball, people are really, really gassing it. I mean, speaking of Giannis, the Bucks just keep on dominating the league. Last night they won by almost fifty. They didn't up after. It's crazy because after Harden said that Giannis went on to he was hitting jumpers last night, pumps, fake step throughs. He had a couple bad misses, but hey, at least he's trying. He's shooting the three. He's hitting. I mean, he won by forty-seven points. So, I mean, if I could win by forty-seven points, be the bat to bat in the MVP and. Honestly, I'm going to the finals this year without no skill. Then, honestly, hey, why have skill if you're honest, if you can do all that? And another thing, Chris Middleton, he's really been eating lately. He's really gotten better. His defense has always been good. And then his offense, I mean, last year he used to be like, Middleton can't dribble. Middleton can't dribble. He He's a role player. He's really can't dribble. But now he got a little combo. He's even putting in work in the lab, man. I just feel like I should shed light on Chris Middleton. I feel like I should shed light on players when they're improving. Middleton handle is what the Bucks need. However however good Chris Middleton plays is how far the Bucks are going to go. Well, how big of a threat they're going to be because if Middleton is still handling the rock in the playoffs like he's doing in the regular season and – Creating his own bucket and stuff. The bus will be scary. The bus will be very scary. I mean, they're already very scary, but even scarier. I mean, on the other side of the beef, let's talk about what Houston has been doing because Harden's been killing too, not just the freak. Um, Houston, I re- reference one of my earlier podcasts. You should listen to all podcasts if you haven't to actually like listen to all of mine and you'll understand what I've been saying. I told people earlier that the 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 formula for Houston to be successful is an elite offense and an average to above average defense. You don't need to be elite defensively. And ever since Capella got hurt, and up until now, they've been first in offense and 12th defensively, and they've just been amazing. Like, they've lost two games since Capella got hurt, and then the trade happened. They've lost two games since, and one game was a, a drunk, Pray to God, hallelujah, jump shot from Boyan by Donovan, which, I mean, you can't really hold that against him. And one of the losses was without Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, this offense and team, the way it's built now, is built for both of them. So, 
really without one, it kind of pulls them back. But I'm not going to really hold the loss against them that much. But two losses, and they just been killing. they just been killing, man. Houston right now, to me, is the second-best team in the West besides the Clippers. Honestly, I think they're better than the Lakers. The Houston's better than the Lakers. Houston's better than the Lakers. Houston's better than the Lakers. I'm going to say it. I mean, hey, man. I just want to know what Lakers fans, what are they, they going to do when Houston beats them in the second round? Are you going to trade AD? Y'all going to blame AD or put it on Kyle Kuzma? Or y'all going to finally just admit, suck it up, like, okay, we lost. It's going to be funny when Houston beats them in the second round. And you heard it here first. I'm stamping it. I'm approving it. I'm putting my back against the wall, and I'm saying it. Hopefully, hopefully for this year, Houston doesn't leave me hurt like Rod Wave or somebody out here with a broken heart again because you know they're known to do it. They really are known to do it. Referencing, looking back to one of my old podcasts, I did talk about the race for eighth, and Memphis just keeps on losing, like I said, and the Pelicans just keep on winning. Pelicans got another win last night. Brandon Ingram played great. Lonzo had 12 assists. Zion was Zion, and Drew Holiday was the best player on the team, which he is, Drew Holiday. Just being that steady presence on both sides of the ball, they're coming for eighth, man. They're going to get eighth, and the matchup against the Lakers in the first round will be amazing. Will really, really be good. And lastly, a fan asked me what's been going on with the Heat. And honestly, all her, all this talk, Heat got Iggy. Heat got dogs. Jay Crowder, a dog. They got rid of Deion Wade. There's a cancel in the locker room. Well, man. Since the new year started and since the trade deadline, they have not been good. They've won three games since the trade deadline. They haven't been good this year. Jimmy Butler keeps trying to be a point guard, and that's not his game. He just needs to score, but I don't know why he's trying to be out here at like LeBron when he's not. That's not his game. He's holding his team back. Jimmy doesn't score enough, and honestly, if Jimmy was going to keep playing like this, Pat Riley should have made a move for another score, maybe DeRozan or before the season happened, who knew Jimmy was going to come in trying to be Chris Paul out here? The Heat are sinking, man, and honestly, the the 4-5 matchup is just going to come down to whoever got for the first round home court advantage. It's sad because I told people, and people said, I'm wrong, he got defense, they're going to guard Giannis, they're going to the finals. I'm like, no, man. The Heat really just built on what they already was good at. They did not address none of their weak points. You people got to start listening to me. You, it's like redundancy. Redundancy is never good. You look at Portland, all this ISO ball, look where it got them. I mean, come on, man. Y'all, y'all got to listen, man. The heat, the heat, it's just sad, man. Hopefully they make a move this summer or open up some cat space to try to get Giannis in free agency. But honestly, before they even have the chance to get Giannis, I think Giannis is going to get traded. I feel like the Warriors are going to get Giannis Antetokounmpo. Many people don't see it now, but unless the Bucks they go to the finals, they have to go to the finals, and they have to put up a fight, at least be a threat. It, if it doesn't go six or seven, it's a wrap. He's gone, and they can't get blown out in six. It can't be a six games where it's two lucky games. It got to be a fight all six. I feel like... The Warriors are going to make a run for Giannis. They're going to give up their draft pick this year. Picks. 
they got a lot of good good picks, and they got the contract with Wiggins to match Giannis. And I really feel like this summer, based off the finals, will determine whether they get Giannis or not. And it's going to be scary. <laughs> it's going to be really, really, really scary if they get Giannis into the Kumpo because I don't know who's going to stop them, in the, especially in the West. You're going to have Giannis and stuff. Two top five players, honestly, man. Arguably, you could say they had the two best players in the league, but man, I'm just telling y'all, brace y'all enjoy this season because if Giannis goes to the Warriors, man, <laughs> just rain them already. With that being said, I want to thank all you listeners for coming in, tuning in to episode five. It was a great episode. We steadily improving. Please like. Share, tell your friends about it, tell your mama's mama about it, tell the barbershop about it. And, you know, have a blessed day and tune in to the next week with episode six.